When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Though podcast. We're talking the NFL, all the latest and greatest NFL news. We got a little bit of Major League Baseball complaint and uh, maybe some college basketball as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking? Something up everybody welcome into today's sports stove podcast presented by belly up fantasy baseball live every sunday night at 8 p.m on belly up sports tv network as well as on belly up fantasies uh facebook and twitter pages you can catch the best fantasy baseball coverage around kevin wilson and myself co-host fantasy baseball live every sunday at 8 p.m eastern time Welcome to today's episode. We are recording this episode uh, a day early, and so I'm sure some great news will break throughout Thursday evening that we will not talk about in this episode because we had to record early this week. But joining me, as he usually does, is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Hey, doing good, doing good. Boy, for the off season, a lot of sports news going on <laughs> about every hour or so. Yeah, plenty of stuff happened, and we, we were considering uh, skipping our regular Friday episode this week as schedules uh, are busy around uh, around and be hard to record. And then so much happened that we decided now we better get something, even if we have to record early, let's get something out because there's plenty to talk about. And I mean, let's face it, Monday's episode is going to be all about college basketball. So, <laughs> so, um, so we definitely wanted to get some of this stuff in and taken care of. We're going to talk about the NFL dad uh, and a lot of things happening. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. The report came out. And he confirmed he is playing in Green Bay next year. Now, we still don't know details um, as he has personally came out and said that information is not true um, about the four year, 200, 500 million, whatever it was, uh, 200 million, I guess it was. Um, he said that I did not sign. So we don't know the details, but we know this much. 
Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers this season. And Dad, I think we can pat ourselves on the back. We've been saying that for quite some time. We have. We, we, we have. And that's why I think people enjoy listening to us and they should listen to us. Um, you know, I'm tired of the national guys saying that he was going to Denver and he had a he had a you know absolute source. There was no doubt about that. Of course, I'm sure Monday it'll be well, you know, they got another quarterback or whatever, whatever. But um, no, I, I think it was headed that way. I think Aaron Rodgers was true to what he said during the year as far as appreciating Green Bay. Um, the fans there, all that he's experienced there. And um, I don't know, again, I'm, I'm anxious to get something signed so we know a little more of where it's going. But I'm not convinced he'll play quarterback anywhere except Green Bay. Um, now, you know, how many more years he's going to play, I think it could depend on how well they do this year. Depends on how he wants to approach Jordan Love. Um, there's a lot of things that could factor into that. Um, but, um, we'll see, I'll be interested to see, you know, what, what is signed and, um, how it's set up from there. Now I saw, I think it was McShay, but I could be wrong. Somebody said that they asked around the league and the thought is, is that most teams that would be interested in Jordan love would be willing to give up a second round draft pick for him. Um, Andrew Brandt, he said, Packers would not trade Jordan Love. Doesn't make any sense for him to trade Jordan Love. Rookie contract, all that kind of stuff. Need a backup, all those sorts of things. Uh, you're a Packer owner. If someone calls and says, we'll give you a second-round pick for Jordan Love, do you take it? Um, again, it's going to depend a little bit on exactly where Aaron Rodgers comes out. If Aaron Rodgers is tied up for the next uh, two to three years, uh, yes, I would take a second-round pick. I do think... Um, Love, you know, we don't know what he can do yet. And I think hiring Tom Clements was a very positive thing from that standpoint. Um, Love did get a lot, all the reps last year for the last several weeks. So I think he could come into this preseason um, looking a lot better than he has in the past. He's not ready to play this year. Could he be the guy in the future? But I think if they got offered enough, um, it would make it would make sense, especially if you for sure if you got Aaron Rodgers for more than a year. Yeah, and I think I think it was Andrew Brandt that also said, of course, Brandt used to work in Green Bay. Yeah, um, very familiar with with them. Why I trust him with a lot of these things, but uh, he also said, you know, everybody was say, saying Clements was hired for Rodgers. The reality is, and maybe you said this too. I don't remember. The reality is, is Clements was brought in for Jordan Love. Um, oh, yeah. He brings young quarterbacks. That's what he's good at. Sure, Rodgers might like him, but let's face it, Rodgers doesn't need a quarterback coach. <laughs> so uh, the reality is, is he's brought in to work with Jordan Love and to prepare him for the future. Will he do that? You know, we'll see where it all shakes out. Um, I don't know. You know, there's plenty of teams that need a quarterback still, but I'm not sure if any of them would be interested in Jordan Love, take that swing or not, and offer enough for Green Bay to be willing to let go of a quarterback on a rookie contract. Um, you know, we still don't know. Devontae Adams gets the franchise tag. That's no surprise, but uh, do you think they work out a long-term deal with Adams? I think so. Again, it's going to depend on the Aaron Rodgers thing, but if Aaron Rodgers is there for multiple years, um, yes, I, I think they could get things worked out with him because I think he will see that's a good place for him to stay. Um, 
you know, not guaranteed about that. Um, and of course the franchise tag, the deal about the long-term deal really benefits the Packers more than him. He has a 20% raise over last year at this point. Anyhow, um, you know, not everything he was wanting or asking for, but he is, you know, the, the tag will give him a raise over a good significant raise over last year. So, um, We'll see. I, I I think you know the word is they've been work, they've been talking with his agent, um, with his people for several weeks now. So I think um, now that we know about you know Aaron Rodgers and once that's set, I think there's a good chance they could get him resigned. And I because again I think they'll want to do it sooner than later because of deciding on some of these other free agents. So uh, almost it seemed like immediately after the Rodgers news came out. Uh, Denver Broncos uh, make the trade for Russell Wilson. Kind of feels like they were waiting to find out the Rodgers situation first, but they already had the Wilson deal worked out. So if Rodgers didn't come, Russell was plan 1B probably. Um, You know, Wilson to Denver, you put a conference now. As it currently sits, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr are the four quarterbacks in the AFC West. Um yeah, Denver gave up a decent amount, uh, but five draft picks, three players, including Noah Fant in that that deal. Uh, but Wilson to Denver, I mean, that makes Denver pretty competitive right off the bat. It does, but again, I think getting Russell Wilson, they're kind of all in to win now because um, you know he's not super old, but again, you know he's he's a little longer, further along in his career. So I think they're going to go all in and giving up the draft picks they did. They need to win in the next couple of years, be very competitive next year, and maybe win the year after that for sure. Um, if it's going to in long term pay off, because they did give up a lot. Um, they do have some good players. They have a few guys that haven't developed as well as they thought. Maybe they will um, this year. Um, I think it's a good spot for Russell Wilson. Uh, I think you know anywhere he goes, it's going to be um, you know good from there. He's got a coach that's going to be very good as far as being um, you know innovative, working with his style. I think he's that's going to be a real good thing for Nathaniel Hackett, and I think Hackett will be a good thing for him, and um, it should be a great spot. Great spot for him, yeah. I mean, you talk about those receivers. He's got quality receivers, three of them there in Denver, um, and they're all really young receivers too. Jerry Judy, you know, you talk about fantasy football. Uh, he's probably a guy that you're definitely looking at this year. Um, the defense is okay. Bradley Chubb's the big the big hitter there, but uh, defense is okay. They've got to work through the draft, through free agency still. But they cleared out some cap space uh, throughout last season, preparing for a quarterback. They get one. Um, I would take Rodgers over Wilson, but Wilson's not a bad get for Denver and a big opportunity for them as well. Uh, let's talk about Seattle, though. Seattle now doesn't have a quarterback. Um, they've got a tight end. They've got a bunch of draft picks. They cut Bobby Wagner, their linebacker. Um, it's a complete rebuild right now in Seattle. Do they do they go with True Lock? Um, do they, do they draft somebody? Cause now they're a team in the top 10 of the draft. Uh, maybe they don't have a top 10 pick, do they? I don't remember. They traded away their, their first round pick, I think. No. So, um, they might not, for some reason I was thinking someone said they were number nine, but I don't think they have a first round pick. Anyways, what does Seattle do now moving forward? They're obviously rebuilding. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home 
is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to BlackHillsEnergy.com/teamready. Yes, um, again, you know their their GM was at Green Bay there for a while. I think he's a really good football guy, and obviously the plan is uh, to rebuild. We're getting ready, Wagner. You know, again, they're going to should have the cap space. I would think you'll see them do some things with free agency, um, but they've really got the draft picks. Um, you know, to load up on this is going to be a good draft a talented draft and probably in some areas where they can use help, um, you know, not from the quarterback standpoint. So will they be one of them? You know, we've, we talk, we've talked in recent weeks, there could be some quarterbacks get traded. Um, you know, will they try to get a first level quarterback uh, in a trade? Will they go after one of these guys, Jimmy G, somebody that could, you know, be potential um, will, you know, can they develop Locke where he can be serviceable, you know, for a year or whatever? Um, it, it'll be interesting to see because they did lose their quarterback. But they, to me, it, it wasn't that bad a deal for Seattle. They really picked up draft choices, picked up some good players. And I would assume they're in a spot where they can be very active free agency. It just made sense to me when I saw the Wagner thing. So um, I think Seattle can retool part of it. You know, I've read and you wonder, um, where does Pete Carroll fit in to that? Um, you know, he's still there. I don't know that he seems like a rebuilding coach. I think Snyder is a rebuilding GM, no doubt about that. And I think he'll do a good job. So uh, it'd be interesting to see. Um you know, there's going to be a lot of more NFL moves as we get into it. And I know we'll talk about the draft in a little bit. And we talked about that last week, but I'm uh, going to be a, a, a lot of moving around. Um, I think this year. Yeah. They pick up the Broncos first round pick this year. That's where number nine comes from. So they do have a first round pick now a top 10 pick as a matter of fact. So maybe they're looking at a guy like Malik Willis from Liberty or another quarterback there at number nine. Uh, I think Pete Carroll makes sense for a rebuild. You look at his college background and the success he had in college. Um, sure, he cheated a little bit, but, I mean, who cares? Uh, so Pete Carroll has an opportunity to kind of coach the young guys again, and maybe that's what fits him well, honestly. It may work out work out fine, but he is old. He's a lot older than, than you realize. <laughs> and so I wouldn't think he's got a whole lot of years left in him. Um, and I think now the Bronco, the, the Seahawks, become a legit option for maybe the first quarterback off the board at number nine in the draft this year, um, or maybe even a potential move up or move down situation for one of these other teams. Maybe Seattle jumps up another spot or two to go out and get somebody, but we'll see where all that shakes out uh, for sure. Of course, we had Kevin Wilson on Monday's episode, and we talked a little Seahawks there. He uh, was not super excited that Russell Wilson was being traded um, and, uh, so we'll have to talk to him again sometime as well. Uh, let's see here. Oh, another quarterback moved Indianapolis moved off of Carson Wentz after one season, only one season. They traded a first and third round pick to get Carson Wentz. They get back two third round picks to trade him away. He goes to the Washington commanders. Let's start with the Washington side of things. 
How do you feel about Carson Wentz in Washington? I think it was a good move for Washington. I think, again, I'm, I've always been positive about Carson Wentz. I don't think he's done yet. I think he could do well. Again, he's in a division that he's familiar with there, um, you know, playing in Philadelphia for a while. And um, I, I think that's a, I think it's an upgrade for them. I think, again, we've talked about Washington has a lot of weapons um, around him. And, of course, he had weapons this year, and, you know, he, he really did. And Indianapolis was in a tough spot about being able to keep him because of the way the season ended. Uh, they just had such high hopes, and it looked like definitely they'd get in the playoffs, and and his poor play was a, a, a big part of that. So, But I think for Washington, it's an upgrade. And um, I think, you know, again, whether, you know, he'll be able to stay healthy and whether he will be the answer, um, we don't know. But I, I, I think that was a pretty safe move, especially for what they gave up. Last year in Indianapolis, Wentz threw for 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. You look at just the stat line and you say, that's actually a pretty good season. But the way the season ended was so bad. Um, and I think you're right. And another point that you made is that he's going to a division that he already knows. Um, he grew up in Philly uh, in the league. And so now he's going to Washington where he plays Philly twice a year. He's actually playing the Colts this year, too. Um, so an interesting move. Let's play the game, Dad. Carson Wentz. We're talking about specifically for Washington. Carson Wentz or Jimmy Garoppolo? I think Carson Wentz. I mean, that's who I would go with. I think he has more upside than um, Garoppolo does, and I think he could be a more long-term. He could be the guy for the next three or four years if he gets going again. So I, I would think Carson Wentz. All right, Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston? Carson Wentz. I'm not convinced Winston's a, a, a big-time starting quarterback yet. He hasn't convinced me yet of that. I'm not convinced Carson Wentz is a big-time starting quarterback. He's a serviceable <laughs> starting quarterback. I like Carson Wentz. I think there might be more upside with Jameis Winston, maybe a little bit more uh, known commodity with Carson Wentz, but I I might go Winston over Wentz. Uh, maybe. I'd have to think long and hard about that one. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other quarterbacks in that same range. Again, I said Dalton would have been a great fit in Washington, but I think I'd take Wentz. I don't think. I know I would take Wentz over Andy Dalton at this point, too. Um, Indianapolis, what do they do now? Uh, you know, I've seen some different names float around. Jimmy G is going to go to every, every time a team has an open quarterback spot, Jimmy G is going to be talked about. Uh, what about old Nick Foles? Um, success in Philadelphia, uh, with the current Colts head coach and Chicago doesn't need Nick Foles. So, uh, is there any chance of a Nick Foles resurgent here in, in Indianapolis? I think there could be. I would. You'd like to think that Indianapolis had something, some kind of plan in mind when they moved Wentz, uh, at least what they're looking at or where they're headed. Um, it's interesting when you talked a little bit ago about Jordan Love. That was the team that was going to move up and get Jordan Love if Green Bay didn't. Um, I don't know, you know, if they still feel like he's a guy they would want to invest in. But um, Indianapolis might be a team there, but you would think they'd want a little more of a known commodity. But again, you know, we talk about quarterbacks moving around, Kirk Cousins, different ones. Um, I, I would think Indianapolis at least has something they're looking at, you know, probably not lined up yet. 
Yeah, and I don't think Indianapolis has a first-round pick. Uh, I'm looking right now to confirm that, but I don't think I don't think the Colts have. No, they traded it to the Eagles, so they don't have a first-round pick this year either. So you're talking about getting a quarterback in the draft. You're going to have to wait till the second round, and uh, and there might be a good quarterback in the second round. I don't know. They got Sam Ellinger, who they drafted last year from Texas. Um, and they've got, oh, who else? They have the Washington quarterback from two years ago, I think, as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Again, those veterans, the guys like Jimmy G, make sense to some degree there. But, I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor. You don't want to waste his prime. Um, you have okay receivers. I don't think they have great receivers, but they have okay receivers there. And they have a pretty solid defense. So they need to find someone. That division, Dad. Jacksonville, Houston, Tennessee. I mean, my goodness. That division is prime for the taking right now. Surely they'll get something going there and uh, and find a way. Uh, I I really think Foles is an option. Uh, I don't think it's the best option, but I think it's an option. I've heard Jordan Love's name pop up there as well. I don't think Green Bay's trading Jordan Love unless they just get completely, you know, uh, swoon there for that. So, We'll see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, something we talked about last Friday, Dad, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, and there's been a lot of talk about him and the New York Giants. And you know, we brought this up. I said, you got the GM from, from Buffalo. You got the head coach from Buffalo. Trubisky was in Buffalo last year. He's young. There's talent there for sure. Um, could he go to New York? And again, watch him in Indianapolis. Um, watch him in Pittsburgh. There's anywhere that needs a quarterback right now. Trubisky's going to be the name, but I don't think you have to spend a whole lot to get him right now either. And Buffalo seems like the place right now that has gotten the most attention. And, uh, you know, I like it. I still think Daniel Jones has a shot, but I think Trubisky has a higher ceiling than Daniel Jones personally. So we'll ask it again, Mitchell Trubisky, confidence, trust that he can, he can make it and specifically in New York. Well, I think you've been on top of this one. You've been saying that for a while, and I think it does fit with the coach being that he came from there. Um, the question would be then what happens with Daniel Jones? Is he a guy that they would trade that somebody you know would feel like, hey, he's still got a lot of potential, somebody like Indianapolis or somewhere from there? I don't know that Trubinsky would want – I mean – Everybody says the right thing. Oh, I love competition. I want to compete. But I don't know what he wants to get into that again, where he was kind of in Chicago. And um, it might be a deal that if the Giants do get him, you know, they're going to do something with, with Daniel Jones. Um, so, but I, I think that spot does make sense for him. I'm probably more sense for him than a place like Indianapolis or whatever, because he does have people that, you know, he knows and knows the system. Yeah. I mean, you say he might not want to compete, but competing at least gives them the opportunity and Buffalo. Yeah. There's no opportunity there. Josh Allen's the quarterback of the future. Uh, I think he would jump at the opportunity to go somewhere where he has a chance to start. And uh, you know, Indianapolis, I, I mean, if, if Buffalo trades for him, excuse me, if New York trades for him, they're going to start him. I mean, <laughs> I think, I think that's just depending on what they've given up for him, I suppose. But um, that would be my guess. Daniel Jones then would be moved somewhere. Um, I think Carolina would be a team to watch out for. Uh, in that situation as well. With Carolina, they've been patchworking their quarterback situation. And I was dead wrong, by the way, on Sam Darnold last year. I thought he would have success in Carolina. Sure. I thought it would turn out well. I said, Skip, don't draft a quarterback. 
You got Sam Darnold. I was wrong. They should have drafted Love, or not Love, um, Fields, or they should have drafted Mac Jones, and they didn't. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I thought they did the right thing at the time. I was wrong. Uh, that being said, the quarterback carousel will continue to spin, and uh, we'll continue to talk about that as things come up. Uh, Dad, Calvin Ridley. Um he opted out well last season. He, for personal reasons, he did not play. Uh, we didn't know much about that mental health issues, supposedly, and all that kind of stuff. Now he gets suspended for the next year uh, due to a very small gambling situation. Um, he gambled on an app. Uh, the dates are on Thanksgiving week, uh, three parlays. He bet on his team to win, wasn't playing, he was away from the team altogether. The NFL cracks down pretty heavy on this. A full season suspended for Calvin Ridley. Uh, right punishment or wrong punishment for this situation? Well, I mean, I, up front, I think it was the right thing. You know, the NFL has erred on a lot of things, but gambling is one of the things they're going to have to be careful about, especially with all the legalized gambling that can go on now in football. And, you know, if you get players involved in it from there, again, you know, he wasn't playing in that game. Um, so I, I, you know, he didn't do anything necessarily. And he bet on their team to win. You know, if it would have been their team to lose and he would have set out of the game, you know, then you would look differently at it. But I think if you're going to, you, with this, you know, legalized gambling thing and all the gambling that goes on in football, um, you know, at some point it's going to hit and be a big problem. And if you get players involved in it, um, you know, that's just going to be a nightmare and a nightmare for the NFL. So I can see why they came down on the gambling thing. Yeah. I'd be a little surprised. It was a whole year um, from there. I will have to maybe admit that, but I can see why, why they wanted to nip because as far as we know, they, they you know, we, they haven't had those instances, at least that's come to light so far. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because the NFL is more partnered with gambling sites than ever before. But, again, it's understandable why you cannot have players betting on the sport that they play in any sport. It, it makes perfect sense. The integrity of the game is at stake in that case. Now, again, I think a little common sense has to go into the fact that he wasn't playing. Um, he wasn't around the team, anything like that. Um and and everything he did, there's no way it could have affected the integrity of the game. So I think you have to take that into effect. The rules, and we've talked about this a lot before, Dad. When you break rules, there's consequences. You know what the rules are. You know you're not supposed to do it. He did it anyways. So there is going to be a consequence for it. I think the consequence was too steep. And I think, again, and I'm not the only one to say this, even a lot of my belly-up sports counterparts have, have went in on this. I think there's even an article I should have looked up before we started recording, so I could have given a shout-out to whoever wrote it. But 
Um, there's an article on bellyupsports.com that you can look up on this as well. Um, actually, it was uh, Kev, Kevin, uh, not Kevin Wilson. Um, anyways, go to bellyupsports.com. It's there. has some crass language in it, so take it for what it is. But that being said, you look at the NFL and the punishments that they've handed down to Ray Rice, to Greg Hardy, all those two, and, and anybody else, Ray Lewis, I mean, anybody else that, that beat women, um, murdered someone, um, different kinds of just instances that are worse than what Calvin Ridley did. And they got minimal suspensions compared to what Ridley did. And I think if you take into account the circumstances, a season is just, it's just too much. It just doesn't make sense. Now, does it let everybody know in the league, hey, if you do this, no matter what time of year, no matter what you're doing, this is there's a severe consequence? I guess. But at the same time, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, I think Calvin Ridley, and I know we're not supposed to take mental health lightly. I think Calvin Ridley used the excuse of mental health for whatever reason and sat out a whole season. And um, now he's going to sit out two seasons. And how's that going to do for his mental health? I mean, it's there's a lot that goes into this. At the end of the day, Ridley was wrong. He did something wrong, and there's going to be a consequence for it. I think the NFL is wrong in the consequence. I think they're right for having a consequence. I think they're wrong in the consequence that they passed down. And I think that the NFL, again, has lost its, um, its priorities are wrong. The NFL is. And they allow the domestic abuse um, and maybe we're getting better at that. I don't know, but they allow that more than they allow gambling from a player who wasn't even around the team. So there's my piece on it. Dad, any other comments on it? Um, no, no, I, I, I think you're right about that. Um, but, um, you know, it's hard, always hard to be consistent. The NFL has never been accused of being consistent. So, uh, from there, so yeah, too bad for Calvin Ridley and, um, from there, hopefully he'll recover and be back in another year and still be a great receiver. We'll see. Uh, let's talk about the draft a little bit. Jacksonville, number one overall. And right now, the common consensus is they're taking an offensive tackle. Um, there's, you know, different names that are being thrown around there. You got the NC State guy. I think it's a, a Quanu or something like that. Uh, and then you've got the Alabama kid, Neil. Most people say it's between those two guys at number one for Jacksonville. We talked about that last week, so we won't spend a lot of time on them uh, and what they need. Detroit at number two. Everyone assumes it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan if he's there. Uh, it just makes sense, right? Michigan kid, Detroit Lions, they need everybody. So, I mean, they're not going to be picky. Probably going to be the best guy on the board. If they took offensive linemen two straight years in a row, there might be a revolt. But uh, outside of that, I would – Aiden Hutchinson seems like the kind of guy that would bite a kneecap, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, I think so. So that would work good. So uh, Houston, oh, go ahead. It's going to be a very interesting draft. Just looking at it and looking at the combine because there, there's two or three really strong areas, and when you have that, you've got what the, the edge rushers, you've got the offensive line, you've got even defensive backs uh, there, and so when you have that. 
several things, you know, can happen. One, it's a strong area. So if you need one of those, you can wait or you can move down. Or if those all get drafted, let's say there's six offensive linemen going to top 10 or 12 picks. Well, that's going to push somebody down. Maybe it's not a strong wide receiver draft, but your best wide receiver isn't going to go until 15 or 16. Well, that really changes things too. That's when I think you have a lot of trading going on and a lot of people moving around from there. The good thing is second and third round, you should be getting good players in some of these positions because, you know, it's going to push down. The, the I didn't keep up a lot with the combine, but it was very interesting. You had these two remarkable times um, you know, on the defensive backs. And then you had the kid from Georgia, six, six and a half, 347 pounds run a four, seven, eight, probably the fastest time there's ever been with a guy over three thirty. Um, my goodness, how do you not take him first? What a monster, you know, and there's, so there's going to be, there's definitely some talent, um, out there. It looks like this will be a talented draft. Um, you know, in the past few couple of years, quarterbacks have stolen everything, you know, was the big quarterback. And then, well, if you can't get your quarterback, you know, we'll look and see who's the best. But it looks it looks like, you know, it looks like this is going to be a very, very interesting draft and deep, deep draft and in positions that everybody needs good offensive line. Everybody needs pass rushers. So, um, you know, anybody can use them for sure. I think what makes this first round so fun, Dad, is you got multiple teams with multiple picks. Yeah. You got the Jets got two two picks in the first ten. The Giants have two picks in the first ten. You got Philadelphia with three picks in the first round, pretty much back to back to back, 15, 16, and uh, 19. Uh, so you've got that stuff going on. Uh, then, like you talked about, you got these players, and I'm still curious to see uh, what happens with um, – receivers after what Cincinnati did this year drafting Jamar Chase having three incredibly talented wide receivers to give to their quarterback weapon after weapon after weapon plus Joe Mixon in there as well plus uh the tight end as they gave weapons versus offensive line I'm curious to see if we see more receivers go in this draft because there's supposed to be a decent top of the board for receivers as well some question mark guys and things like that. But um, I'm intrigued to see if maybe we see some more skilled players taken in the first two rounds than in the past, even in a strong offensive line draft where everybody needs offensive linemen. I'm curious to see if the, if that philosophy shifts now to see what Cincinnati did. And maybe you get a team like a Jacksonville that uh, they won't take a receiver number one, but, a Jacksonville uh, that says, hey, if we can get more weapons for Trevor Lawrence, maybe that's more important than building an offensive line first. Um, I don't know. I'm, that's the kind of thing I like to see. You know, The Rams, they went all in free agency. Um, the Bengals went all in skill players, and they went to the Super Bowl. Both teams did. So I'm curious to see kind of how that plays out uh, for sure. Uh, from there. And then dad, the name that really intrigues me so far is, is Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU. Uh, two years ago, he was being talked about as number one overall pick. And now they're saying he's going to be in the teens or maybe even in the twenties because the COVID year he sat out, 
Last year he played, and there's a lot of video of him avoiding tackles. And uh, after his phenomenal freshman season, he's tapered off since then. And teams are questioning his mindset, his mentality. Is he willing to go and do the things necessary, especially when you're losing or having a bad season? And the question mark lies there with him. Is the same similar kind of thing we talk about uh, Thibodeau, who was considered the number one draft pick for a long time out of Oregon. And now he's fallen down into the usually still top 10, but now out of the top five maybe as well. So when you look at these guys, how much do you put into motor mentality, guys that play all the time as opposed to taking plays off? Well, I mean, you don't want somebody to take plays off, no doubt about that. But again, you know, the the mindset in college football has changed as far as the superstars wanting to save themselves, you know, for the NFL. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's what happened here. I'm sure the NFL is able to do the interviews and somebody will try to find out for sure what his mindset is from there. But again, that's a good example of what we talked about. Let's say this guy falls down into the 20s and he turns out to be the best cornerback in the last couple of years. All of a sudden, somebody's going to get him down a lot further in the draft. And um, just like you said with the wide receivers, people may want to go with wide receivers. Okay, that's that'd be great for the teams that are later on and can get somebody that's going to be a starting all-pro guard or tackle um, you know, in the twenties, that would be, that'd be great for them. So it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be an interesting, but some of these, I think you hit right on it with the teams that got two picks because they've got the flexibility, um, to move around, go up, get more picks, go down, whatever the case might be. Somebody like Philadelphia picking right there in a row. That's really an interesting situation. Um, you know, if those teams can handle that right, and I think the Jets having two picks, you know, I mean, you know, they, they didn't have a great year, but boy, they could pick up talent here um, real quick in a year like this that would help them. Because, um, you know, if they've got the quarterback, if that turns out to be the case, then they could bulk up in some areas that will help them immediately, guys that can play. 100%. Philadelphia, if they keep those picks, <laughs> you could see them go quarterback, receiver, and a defensive player right there, three guys that could all possibly start for them this season. Um, you're looking at the Jets and the Giants with two top 10 picks. They could draft two guys that can make an impact for them this season, and uh, that's a great opportunity for them. Dad, there's a player that, that uh, we'll talk about more as we get into our mock drafts and stuff like this, and he's probably not quite uh, where we need him at for Green Bay. He's probably it'd be a reach if Green Bay drafted him in the first round, it's Montana State linebacker Troy Anderson. You need to look him up. Uh, he came in as a uh, running back uh, to Montana State, and I think he played quarterback for a year and then uh, into to middle linebacker. And he's got the speed as his uh, senior day or senior bowl and uh, combine days were really good. And he's a guy that I really like. And I, right now, most people have him in the second round grade, uh, but he's the kind of player that would fit well in Green Bay, and it'll be interesting to see kind of kind of where they go on that one. Uh, well, any, anytime, yeah. you get a, anytime you get a quarterback that now is playing defense, especially linebacker or safety, you know, the guy knows how to read read offenses. He, he, you know, 
that part of the game is something where they should be really good cover guys, and those guys have had real success in the NFL. Uh, yes, they have. Any other NFL thoughts? No, like I said, I think it's going to be real exciting as it goes on, as we get into um, free agency here, what, in just another week, week and a half, and um, then things will start to unfold. And, of course, then all the talk will be about the draft. But um, with all these picks and everything going on, um, it's going to be right up to draft time before a lot of things uh, break loose, I think. Yes, indeed. Something that's not breaking loose, Major League Baseball. Um, they announced this week that uh, postponing more games, the earliest Major League Baseball could start right now for opening day would be April the 14th. So basically, we've lost two weeks of games so far. There has been some progress, it seemed like, again this week. Uh, different rule changes and things like that being uh, talked about. But, uh, Dad, listen to this. This is from John Heyman. He works for the MLB Network, I believe. He said, players made an offer late today. This is Wednesday. They'd spend the season working on a world draft, and if it didn't work, qualifying offers, free agent comps would be reinstalled at year's end. This was originally Commissioner Manfred's idea on Tuesday, but MLB rejected it because it came after the deadline that Major League Baseball set for today. So an idea that Manfred came up with, the players agreed to, but then Major League Baseball rejected it because it came after 6 o'clock when they said it had to be there. Doesn't that sound a little petty? Yeah, I mean, yeah, n- none of it makes any sense. And the fact, I think that's when you when you hear, well, hey, they're making progress. There's not any progress when there's nonsense like that. So, um, you know, they're 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 not they're not making the progress that you know anybody thinks they're gonna. And they keep talking about rule changes. That's great. That's great. Get the rules all set right where you want them to be. But it isn't gonna matter if nobody's playing baseball. And um, that's where they seem to miss that a little bit. So, um, you know, at at some point, somebody may panic and they may say they need to get this settled. But right now, I said originally, hey, if they play by June the 1st, you'll be doing good. And I probably would stick with that right now. Yeah, they'll start before June for sure. I think they'll start before May. They have gotten reports have come out that the numbers have gotten much closer um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of positive movement, but there's obviously still some things that the players are not willing to budge on, or at least they've made enough compromise and they need the, the, the league to come back and show, show that they are willing to work with them. I think we're close, but there are going to be things that still set someone off. You know, they're going to be upset about something. They're going to uh, say, well, no, we're not going to do this because we have to prove a point. That's going to slow things down. But I do think, honestly, we are getting there slowly but surely. And But with every day, there's just another reason to hate Major League Baseball, to hate the owners, to hate the league for the things, the decisions, the things that they do and say. Absolutely ridiculous. We get larger bases. We get no shift. We get faster pitch clocks. But we don't have baseball. And at the end of the day, uh, what good is it? Uh, Dad, when this episode comes out, we'll already have games being played and already played in conference NCAA tournaments. Um, 
Just wanted to get your quick thoughts real quick. Which tournaments are you keeping an eye on? Which ones do you care about? Well, I'd say the SEC and the Big Ten, those are teams that I follow, you know, a lot there with Illinois and um, Tennessee. And, of course, you know, with you following Kentucky and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you have to watch all of them because it's it's like any time if you get a team that's not, not, not considered right now to be in the NCAA tournament and they win a conference championship, then they knock somebody, they knock a bubble team out. And the bubble teams could be very interesting this year because if, if people start losing in the first round of the tournament, um, they're going to have to be real nervous. Um, if you're a bubble team and, and you know, you lose your first game of, uh, that you play, whether it's on Thursday or Friday um, in the tournament, so um, I, I think right now anybody that tried to predict here's the top four seeds or the top eight seeds, I would guess at least two or three of those will not be what we see on Sunday. I think there's going to be some surprises. The top, you know, probably going to stay. There's three or four teams that are going to be in the top, either a number one or a number two seed. But I, I after that, I think it'll be very interesting. And I think seeding will be very, very interesting in this tournament because you're going to have a lot of teams that are close. And you get a team that kind of gets an easy, easy route to go compared to a team that's going to play every game against a, quote, tough team. I agree. I think it's going to be a fun conference tournament, fun NCAA tournament as well. Well, Dad, that's it for today. Good conversation. Good times. Uh, Monday's episode, we'll talk all about the brackets and uh, anything else going on in the NFL world as well. Make sure you tune in Sunday night, 8 p.m. for Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live. We're ranking second baseman and shortstops and talking about the latest NFL news. Kevin Wilson, myself, Dan D'Amico will all be there for that conversation as well. All right. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode until next time. We'll see you around the sports stove.